All right, yes, Union Soccer Podcast. Hello. We're back. It's not our first one this year, though, right? No, we did a quick no, yeah, one. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say. Okay. Well, anyways, that's how we get the party started here. Joe Tanzi, Sean Brace, Union Soccer Podcast. Folks, it's good to talk to you. It's been a little while. Uh, season is fast approaching. It is the month of February. We are past the Super Bowl. What's today, Joe? The 11th? Yes, 11th. It is. 18 days. Wow. 18 days to the MLS opener, 44 days to the MLB season opener. How about that? There you go. There's some two numbers for you. But this is soccer. Who cares about Major League Baseball? Anyways, uh, look, we got plenty to discuss, Joe. Let's get right down to it. There's a lot of new faces, a lot of people that are making some noise. We spoke to Brendan Aronson last week. That was really cool. Had a chance to talk to Mark McKenzie last Friday at the at the kit launch party. So selfishly, if I could, I'd like to open up with the kit launch party and just give a quick shout out to the union on the invite A and then the fantastic job that they did as far as rolling out the ideas as far as fear factor type style show it was it was less about the kit more about just having some fun and uh, I thought the union fans were awesome uh, the players were really cool Aurelian Colin he's a, he's a prankster Joe he's a good dude he's a prankster he is he's a nut so he's, so he's got like that that reputation of being like the you know the enforcer on the field mm-hmm. but he his like personality and how people like see his game on the field couldn't be more polar opposite from the way he is off the field. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever come across. Great locker room guy. Would oh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And it, it also helps that he speaks. You know, I think he speaks four or five different languages. If, yes, if I'm he right. does. So yeah. he's he's very good with bringing the the young guys in. I know when I talked with Sergio Santos last summer about you know the assimilation process into the, the states, um, Colin was a huge help. Uh, because he he does speak, a, I think he speaks por- a little bit of Portuguese on top of the Spanish, um, but you know he he's a huge part of that that locker room. That I think that's one of those little assets that people don't uh, don't realize on the surface. Nah, yeah, he was super cool, super funny. Uh, he wanted to for the people that might not know. If you just check out the union on their socials, you'll see it. But it was last Friday, and they had the uh, you know uh, the fearless fan. Uh, contest where they pulled out three people. What they were supposed to be fourth, and I, I don't know if the one canceled or did not show. But anyways, it was down to three, and Aurelian Collins said, "I want in." <laughs> so the first round was I had ten trivia questions, uh, forty in total, mm-hmm. but they were all like the four different rounds, and you were blindfolded and you had a gigantic snake wrapped around you. I mean, it was crazy. And Collins snake this thing. Well, hello. Uh, this thing was pretty big on his shoulders. Let's put it that way. And um, you call yourself there. Yeah. And he uh, he gave he gave like two or three right answers, but I was trying to help him out with like one or two. But he got bounced in the first round. Second round was uh, put a jersey in this bin full of fake snakes and real snakes, and who could find the jersey? Once again, you're blindfolded. Uh, quickest one to do it advances, so two advance. And then the third round was who can eat this uh, nasty shake that contained like bull tongue, rat tail, all the opponents of the Philadelphia Union, the rivals, little mixture, concoction. It was nasty, kind of Greek yogurt thickness. It stunk. And uh, Terrence, this dude Terrence, fired it down. He had blue stuff all over his face. (laughs) It was nasty, but a great time. A lot of Union fans rolled out. It was a chilly, chilly night up there in Chester, which made me dread March 14th, Joe. 
To I mean, to, to like, I do not want to be out there in that cold weather. I'm not ready for it. There's Philadelphia Eagle cold. I've been to games, you know. There's that cold, and then there's Chester cold. It is a whole nother it's level. Right on the river. Oh, it's the worst. It like at least you get like a little bit of a buffer zone when you're you know down at the sports Correct. complex. But at I mean, there's no hiding from the elements. There you got the the open nope. in front of the on top of the river. Hello, end. press pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's still cold in the press box. Yes, I'll tell is. you that. Yes, it is. The, so, door, the doors are open. No, you're right about that. But it's exciting, man, because the season is is it's here. It's 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 so here. They have been down there in, in clear water. Uh, we've been able to watch a few scrimmages. I think two have been telecasted. One broadcast. One, one. One. The was. others have been you know. Partially live blog. Gotcha. Well, they got smoked by Atlanta to start. That didn't surprise me. And then that following uh, game, I forget who they played, but there was a really nice goal. Chicago and then Montreal. Montreal was the one that got streamed, yeah. And Santos hit. Well, it was Bedoya to Santos, Santos to 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 Casper. Yeah. That was beautiful. And that got the blood pumping for me. And And I would even go further on that. You know, we just. Jim Curtin just got off the phone uh, with reporters for his conference call before the the, uh, friendly tomorrow. He said there's something special brewing between Casper and Santos. Really? And I think that's something that, you know, to me it's not a surprise. And I think to the coaching staff it may not be a huge surprise. Uh, because if you listen closely for the last, I guess, four or five months of the, the regular season last year and every offseason comment that's been made so far in preseason, um, Sergio Santos has been one of the names up there. You know, he's the guy we're pegging to have a, a big year. Uh, we've seen spurts of it. He didn't stay healthy enough in his first year here. Um, he was always viewed as that, that long-term project, even though it wasn't officially said on record. Um, it's something that, similar to Jose Martinez, when, when Tanner straight up said he's a long-term project, that's what Santos was. Um, but now you get to see the, the full Santos experience. Um, he's really kind of embracing the role, uh, and it also helps that, you know, for his sake, Andrew Wooten's been been down with an injury uh so that's something that you know he's taken advantage of so far and i look it's still february 11th there's still a lot to happen in preseason there's still four preseason games left but for curtain to say specifically about casper and santos uh that's a that's a little glimmer of hope that they can start the season off on the right note and uh, as you look at the schedule joe that you just mentioned they do have a friendly tomorrow uh against cincinnati the following not so much to follow. On the 19th, they play Dallas, which, oh, by the way, is the season opener. Mm-hmm. You got to like that. Yeah, that was a weird spot when I first saw the, the schedule come out. that They're playing Dallas. Um, that the two teams would kind of agree to that 10 days before the, the season opener. It's a weird spot. Uh, but you know, there's also a limited amount of opponents you can play at that time because of CCL and then of locations. So, uh, you know, it, it works. Um, not everybody who plays, who starts on the 19th, you know, is going to play 90 minutes. Sure. But I think there's a good idea of yeah, on both sides, really, uh, of how both teams are going to play by that point. Um, anything else from Jim Curtin's press conference on the phone that that was uh, of note? I heard he was talking about Matt Real for a little bit. What was the mm-hmm. mention there for So, him? yeah, Kai Wagner is still hurt. Uh, he's been dealing with a calf issue. Uh, that is something now to, to keep an eye on because we're... When did this calf injury occur? Uh, happened a few weeks ago because okay. he wasn't training last week. Um, I think it was the start of last week when okay. we first got wind of it. So yeah, it's it's not like it's a new thing that's popped up. It's just been something that he's been dealing with. Um, you know, it wasn't the most promising uh, of phrasing that Jim used, saying you know we we gotta get to the bottom of it, uh, and you know possibly 
and saying he'd be comfortable with Matt Real as the, the day one starter, which, if again, if we go on the theme of, of guys that have been talked about a lot throughout this uh, offseason, going into preseason, Matt Real has been one of them. I know Fontana got a lot of love um, last week uh, with the praise he got, but Matt Real is in that same boat about guys that can, that can come in and, and make an impact uh, bigger than they have in past years. And, and that's exactly what the depth can... Uh, the depth aspect of this roster really comes into play because if 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 Wagner's out and he he can't go day one, I mean you have to look at it this way: it's preseason. He's got to get the full fitness up. If he's not ready to go by by the Dallas game on the nineteenth, then it's time to get really concerned about who's starting at left back um, uh, on the twenty ninth. All fair, all fair. I do like the fact that uh, you know you look at what um, Ernst has been able to do, and, and you know you got to believe in what he's his vision is. So you know just because Kai is not able to go, it's not the end of the world. It does stink because he was bounced on the scene last year in a big way, but uh, ultimately something like that's probably not going to keep him out for full season. But you're right, could plague him, could you know uh, have lasting effects. And it's and, definitely something to keep an eye on. Now yeah. that it's been mentioned two weeks in a row. Very good call. Uh, but you're burying the lead here. Jamiro Montero changed his number. Yeah. <laughs> I, somebody uh, smartly tweeted this at me the second uh, Jim mentioned it, and you know it's on the website. Um, he's switching from 35 to 10. Uh, this can only mean one thing, opening up 35 for a new mi- minority owner, Kevin Durant. There it is. <laughs> I like it. I love I loved that tweet. I, that's perfect timing. Um, look, it, it's... Kind of a you know he wanted the number ten from what Jim said and we're we're recording this before uh, Montero speaks to the media Tuesday afternoon so uh, there'll be more coming out and, and stay tuned at Press Soccer USA we'll have a piece on uh, Montero uh, talking for the first time since he uh, signed the deal I know he's been dealing with visa stuff and finally uh, came over on uh, Sunday or Monday so it's more responsibility but I think it's something that he obviously um, cherishes the challenge as well. And I think that's something you want to see out of, out of you know a guy wearing that that number shirt, and he deserves it. Now, there's a lot of, especially on on this call, there's there was a lot of talk about like assigning specific tactical roles to to these guys like Montero and Aronson. And I can't emphasize this enough: the term tactical flexibility that we were you know in awe of last year after Ernst Tanner finally had the full reins for an off season and got the the whole team together to play you know in a in a more I guess more exciting way than playing a four-two-three-one for thirty-four games um, that, that they did with Ernie Stewart in charge. That's what you have to realize with this team. There's not going to be a set uh, midfield diamond collection. It, you know, Jameer Montero is not going to play the ten every single game. You saw last year how the the adjustments were made with home and road. Then you're going to see more of that too. They want to be more aggressive at home, a little more conservative on the road, or maybe more aggressive on the road in certain spots. Uh, and that's where Jamiro Montero comes in. That's where Brendan Aronson comes in. That's where Anthony Fontana comes in. Um, that's where the you know the possibility of playing with Orovic and, and Martinez at some point too, as two sixes. Maybe you could play Bedoya a, as a deeper lying second ten on the road. Uh, that way you're not trying to concede. There's so many different possibilities, which makes this you know team so much fun. But you also have to realize. Aronson's probably going to be gone for Olympic qualifying. Yep. Bare minimum. 
So that means Fontana takes on more responsibility. That means, you know, one of the two... He looked good, man. He looked like do. he's getting a little bit thicker. Looked like he's getting a little bit bigger. Who's that, Fontana? Fontana. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. can tell he's definitely been working out and, and getting putting more muscle on. Yep. Had a good tan. I know that doesn't really <laughs> work on the field, but you never know. He had pink shoes. I'd like, look at you. All right. You yeah. go to Florida for a week all of a sudden? No, he, he's growing into his frame for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. So, yeah. No, I mean, look, there's exciting things fun to... On the horizon for all those young guns, so we'll see what they have. Uh, but you know, really looking forward to seeing um, Mark McKenzie and uh, you know Brendan Aronson out there representing Team USA. Man, it's a big deal for them. As I said, you know, we talked to Brendan two weeks ago. It's podcasted at foxphlgambler.com. Check it out. And he said specifically, like, man, this is a dream come true. And Mark said basically the same thing. Like, dude, it's a whole nother level when you rep the country, uh, and that's what it's all about. And it should be. And I, and I will mention the other. There, there's been a little bit of tactical things being thrown out by Curtin. He mentioned three at the back, more as like an end of game situation. Um, if we're being honest, that's probably further down the list of preferred formations. And if McKenzie's gone for what a few weeks for qualifying, a few weeks for the Olympics, you're not throwing a really in Colin out there in a, a three man back line for 90 minutes. No. It just doesn't suit his skill set. Yeah. You, you're going to have Glessness and Elliott as the one two as center backs. Now, look, you can bring Colin in for 15 to 20 minutes as kind of that destroyer in the middle, but he's not a 90 minute player. He's not a consistent 90 minute guy anymore. No. He's a guy that's going to come off the bench and, and fill that role similar to what Warren Cravalho does in defensive midfield. So I know the, there's been so much you know talk about this three at the back thing, but uh, I wouldn't see it as a starting formation. I would see it more as a, you know, a tactical flexibility shift because you're there's just no way um, unless you get the three main center backs in for an extended stretch and all healthy and in good form, then you can do it. But you're also taking away, you know, certain spots in in midfield and, and you know you have to rearrange the the entire team differently because you got to put, you know, Gaddis and Real or. or you know, Real or Wagner, sure, you could play Bedoyet right back, but that's not his natural position. Um, so there's there's a lot of things. I know people are excited about that, but I would I would pump the brakes on that until you actually see it on the field. Because yeah. right now, what we've heard is is the um, the four four two. We've heard talks about four two two two, which I, I think could be a possibility on the road, depending on how much trust you have in Arabic and Martinez. I think you could you could plug Bedoya up further to play alongside. Uh, Montero, if, when Aronson's gone, um, I think those are the two formations you're looking at right now in terms of a, a tactical base. And then if you have to go to something like that, like a three at the back, uh, that's something you look at throughout the season. But I, I don't, I don't see it as a as a main uh, priority right now. All right, on the uh, list of things to discuss, I have the CBA. I know people don't really want to be too bored with this, but quickly, if we could, Joe. What's the most important thing to come out of this new CBA for the players and the uh, uh, the teams alike here? Yeah, there's a few different things. Um, obviously, the charter flights. Big deal. It's a huge deal. Huge deal. And we, we talked about it. Um, this is tw- year 25 yeah. for the MLS, correct? Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal for them. It and, is. And, I, and I my hat goes off to all of them. You know, they worked really hard to get this. And this isn't something that should have been handed to them right from the jump. It's just not, it doesn't, that didn't work out like that financially. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it a does. whole different ballgame. Absolutely. Um, the players get a lot of credit for, you know, dealing with the, you know, the increase in salary, the free agency, and the, the charter flights. I think they're the three big takeaways for me. Um, you know, Tam gets a little more um, less important. You have you know regular allocation money 
Um, Gam, if we've come to know it, it becomes a little more important. Uh, but for me, the biggest takeaway is that the charter flights for sure, um, the minimum, you know, having eight available for 2020 and then it, it continuing to go up. Uh, the free agency, 24 years old, five years of service, which is huge now because you look at the trend of the player that's coming into the league uh, from academies are between 17 and 20. So, yeah, it makes 24 is a perfect age now where if, uh, say, you know, a Juan Agadello type uh, doesn't do well or doesn't, you know, or falls out of favor with a new coach or, or something along those lines, he can he can leave on his own accord and be in free agency at 24 instead of, you know, wasting away a year or two of his career behind people because of, you know, these ridiculous, you know, acquisition mechanisms. So I think uh, that's a huge get. Obviously, the, the salaries, but I think that was always going to go up regardless of, of who whose side um, you're looking at. But the charter flights, free agency, for sure, big wins for the players. Um, and I believe it was 85 or so players were involved at some point. Mm. I know Bedoya was obviously one of the, the big guns from, from the union. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of intricacies, and I think a lot of the players were on the same page with those. And I think they really came out with a, with a pretty good deal compared right. to the last one. And uh, another one that I have here is the league the league's cup. You still was, don't know what that is, but like last year was the first year. Yeah, and Mexico won it, right? I forget who won it. It was a Mexican team that won. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a Mexican team that won it. That's uh, I forget. God, I've, it was so long ago. Look, I'll be honest with you. So it, they, the they, union are in this year. All right, yeah, they're in. So Cruz Azul will be. Uh, uh, I think it was Tigres. In the final there, yeah. Cruz Azul Tigres, only one MLS team won. What they did is they took four randomly selected MLS teams. It was Galaxy, Fire, Dynamo, and Salt Lake uh, against four Mexican teams. They threw it in the middle of July. It was really, really poorly run the way they did it. So now this year, it's the, I believe it's eight MLS teams. Think of it in a way as, um, um, I guess, a, a pseudo... Europa League type compared to CCL, even yeah. though they're, it's only American and Mexican teams. Um, the, basically what it was is the top four teams um, in each conference. Um, yeah, it's third through sixth in each conference are going through. I'm, I'm tell how much I really paid attention. To That's this. right, but it was it, just it, talked it, about today. Yeah, well, it's confusing as hell because you have all these... You know, birth for CCL, which the union were right on the cusp of getting until Seattle, you know, won MLS Cup. So it's the way it worked out this year was third through sixth in each conference. Uh, Jim Curtin mentioned today that he's gotten the itinerary. Um, he said it's going to be, you know, difficult. But that also means they're the highest ranked MLS team because they had more points than RSL. Yep. So maybe that I, I don't know. I'm not privy to any of the de- these details. I tried asking around for a little bit, um, but it, it sounds like there might be a home game based off where they're ranked. I I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at Wikipedia and it says all the MLS teams are home, but that that means nothing. Yeah. Um, so, more so, games. It means more games. More games for sure. Uh, where they are in the schedule. Who they're playing? They're, I mean, obviously playing a Mexican team. Uh, there's just so many details to be sorted out with this, and I think it's just—I think it's a poor idea. I don't think it's it. It fits in great with the MLS yeah. uh, season. There's already already so it's already so condensed. But 
Uh, it's something that they're going to go ahead with, and, and we'll see how it works from a, from a union perspective. And look, they're, they're an international competition, whether whatever you think of it or not. So uh, that, that's something. Yep. No, that's what it's all about. It's an extra trophy to win. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, Right now, all they have is duels this trophy. And more hours for me to work, hopefully. That would be a good <laughs> all thing. All of us. All of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be a good not, thing. Not that I have like a wedding to plan or like no. a, you know an apartment or a house to buy. No, exactly. Um, all right, last but not least, I have a funny feeling you're going to see a ton of sexy season jerseys out there. We saw a bunch on Friday shout being made. The, shout out to the 69, 60 season. Yes. <laughs> I saw I, 2020 sexy yeah. season. I saw 20 sexy season, 69 sexy season. I'm all I'm all about the sexy season, Joe Tanzi. Uh, I think we all are at this point. I think it's uh, the best part about it, it was it wasn't forced. It was kind of just an organic thing that, that came out of a, a honestly a mistake. <laughs> from from Mate Orvich. Well, I don't think it was a mistake. I just think it was his accent. Well, yeah, that too. He but like, successful I think he was season. trying to like. Let's be honest. I've spoken English my entire life, and sometimes I can't I can't blurt out the word successful. I, so I went on Friday when I introduced Anthony Fontana. I don't even know what I said. I'm like Anthony Fontana. Like, did, did I just say that wrong? I'm like, you added the, the you added the Philly PH. In yeah, there? I'm like, what the hell did I just do? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what up? Like, wait, did I just say? I couldn't even talk. So, look, it happens to everybody, especially me. But you know, I, I love the fact that we're running with it, and there was a ton of jerseys being mm-hmm. made. Uh, I love the new jerseys. Love the new kids. Hate the fact that the whole MLS has it. What are you gonna do though? Um, I'll, I'll give. I'll give. Adidas, some credit. I know a lot of people don't like to give Adidas credit. They don't deserve any credit. But some of the designs, Zero. some of the designs this year were a lot better than last year. Zero. Minis- Minis- They're straight up lazy, and it, 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 they should realize that that's what people are saying about them. That's not good it's, for a product. I, the, I think the biggest flaw is the stripes on the shoulder. But then you look at some of these, like Minnesota's is very nice with the loon coming out of the bottom. You know, I like San Jose. So what? The difference is the fact that we have the snake is what you're saying, like the snake skin. Like, I don't know what the difference is. I look at Miami's and I look at ours. Ours is well, the same thing. Well, because my, well, Miami's is, is basically just like a... Plane you know, with the yeah. three stripes. That's all yeah, ours But is. there's plenty of other ones out there that are actually... Like, right. They're actually like... I'm not saying they're all good, but I really, I really like what they did with Minnesota, like San Jose. They were... They weren't just all one color this time. Well, I yelled about it on the last podcast. Still has to get better. So I don't want to fill up two podcasts yelling about jerseys because none of that matters. All right, final thoughts. Anything on your mind that you want to get off your chest now? Um, Don't panic yet about what you see in preseason. I know nah. a, lot, a lot of uh, things can be, overreactions can be made off of one or two streams that may or may not have come through depending on where you were at. Um, the one thing I would keep an eye on is the Kai Wagner injury. What happens with that? I think that's the biggest storyline right now. Um, I was a little concerned about how, how long Wooten was out because the last time Jim talked to the media, it was a little uh, longer projection. He's back training, uh, so having another Ford in there is good. Uh, Corey Burke sounds like uh, June is the target date now instead of May because uh, that's when the loan uh, to St. Poulton is. And uh, other than that, I think it's pretty much straightforward. Some of these guys are impressing uh, they're going to need the depth all throughout the season. And, uh, you know, hopefully some of these new signings, uh, part of Tanner Ball, the MLS Money Ball, ends up uh, working like they did last year because it was pretty good. All right, that's Joe Tanzi. I'm Sean Brace. We're going to try and do this a little bit more frequently here for you people out there. We appreciate you sticking with, with us. Another year of Union Soccer podcast in front of you. 
any questions, comments, concerns, please fire it in. You can follow Joe at jtanzy90. Of course, we're at Union Soccer Pod, nice and easy. And you can follow me at Sean underscore Brace. And as always, Tuesday, 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 on The Gambler, we talk about Philadelphia Union, MLS, soccer. We're going to mix some Champions League conversation in uh, today on the 11th. So, if you're listening to this before 3 o'clock, tune in. But we're, I'm live every day, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. FoxPHLGambler.com is where you can stream us. iHeartRadio app. Stream us for free. And if you're in uh, the Philadelphia area, and uh, I'll throw this at you because we're actually pulling a decent number on this HD2. Hopefully, if you got a new car, 105.3 on the HD2. HD2, trust me, a lot of people don't even know about HD radio. Yeah. But if you have like a 2016 and beyond, you have HD, go to 105.3. You can get us from Atlantic City all the way to Lansdale. Nice and easy. So please check us out on your HD2 if you can. How long does that drive? What? That's got to be at least, what, two hours? AC to Lansdale? Lansdale? Yeah, about that. Like literally right outside of AC, that's where the signal Mm -hmm. drops. And then um, my buddy listens to me all the way up in the lands that he says, nice. so I have not listened to it all the way up there, but I'll take his word for it. Comes in crystal clear about halfway through Burlington County as well. That's what I'm the, talking about. Stream. We're growing, baby. All right, appreciate uh, everyone tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Union Soccer Podcast. Let's go.